This is WPCast, the podcast where we share our experiences building WordPress products and productized service businesses. I'm Doug from Efficient WP. We specialize in building WordPress websites with our design in a day service. We also provide secure hosting and maintenance, including all upgrades and fixes. If you know someone who needs a new design and a stable, long-term solution for their business website, have them check out EfficientWP.com. I'm David. I build beautiful and simple WordPress plugins that drive conversions, such as easy pricing tables and OptinCAD. OptinCAD helps you grow your email list by letting you add powerful lead capture forms to your site and comes with a bunch of really cool conversion-enhancing features. Visit fatcatapps.com to learn more. All right. In this episode, we've got Robbie McCullough, and uh, David won't be joining us this episode, but he'll be back for the next one. So Robbie is uh, on the team from Beaver Builder plugin, which is a really cool page builder. And Robbie, do you want to tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Sure, sure. Yeah, thanks for having me on the podcast. I'm one of the co-founders of Beaver Builder. And Beaver Builder, it's a design system for WordPress. So there's a, it's two pieces. We have a page builder plugin and a theme. And using the two of them together, you can, you can whip up WordPress websites and WordPress pages extremely quickly and, and very easily. And so I've, I've had a chance to, to use this. And, you know, I'm not just saying this because you're on the podcast, but it is actually the best page builder that I've worked with for WordPress. I've tried a couple of other ones out. And they're either too limited or too unintuitive. And this one works quite well from everything that I've seen. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, no problem. So yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to using it a lot on, on future projects. I had mentioned this earlier to Robbie, but uh, what I do to get the designs that I want, or at least the page layouts that I want, Oftentimes, I have to use a combination of short codes and widgets, and it's kind of a, a bit of a mess if if you're not familiar with the short codes being used and all the parameters being sent. To me, you know, it, it makes sense now, but when I've done these sites for clients, you know, they look at it and it it's a big mess, and they really can't change much except for the text in between. And you know, so a page builder like this, I mean, it allows them to, you know, to see what it actually looks like and not imagine from, you know, what the shortcodes will convert it to. We've done similar things in the past, working with themes that utilize shortcodes or even like doing that thing where you have the HTML code in the, the WordPress text editor. And like, that's such a nightmare too, because, you know, you switch back from like the text mode to the, the WYSIWYG mode and you lose all of your all of your markup and yeah, or you yeah, you miss a tag somewhere and <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's mayhem. <laughs> yeah. So you guys started out as a design agency and then you went to products. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. We actually, we Beaver Builder is one of those like scratch your own itch kind of products where we worked with a, a client that he came to us with a theme that he wanted to use and he wanted us to to implement his website using this theme. And the theme had a built-in page builder. And he'd done his research and he knew that he wanted us to use the page builder to build out the site so that he'd be able to edit it afterwards. And yeah, so we, so we did the site for this client and we it was this kind of eye-opening moment when we delivered it that, you know, we 
it, like as a web agency, we get a lot of our time, you know, in the mornings going through emails and we get requests from past clients like, oh, you know, that they you know, need to change an image or change a heading or there's something on their site they need to update. And we do a lot of these kind of quick, you know, it's hard to build time. Like you end up communicating via email and, and spending a lot of time talking about these changes. But, it, you know, when it comes down to billable time, it, it doesn't rack up very much. So having a, a website, we like delivered this website to our client. He was able to take care of those edits himself. I'm like, oh, this is beautiful. We need to start doing this more. The problem was that we really didn't like the page builder experience that came with this theme. So we started kind of trying all of the you know other page builder plugins and solutions out there, and we didn't find like there were some great ones available, but there wasn't you know there just wasn't one that had everything we were looking for. Like we really wanted a front end editing experience. And we really wanted something that was powerful enough for us as, you know, designers and developers to be able to implement, you know, whatever we came up with from a design standpoint, but then that was simple enough that when we delivered it to our clients, they were able to jump in and, and make edits and, you know, that the, the actual interface of the builder was intuitive enough that anyone could kind of jump in and start using it. So yeah, Justin is our lead developer. There's three of us on the team. It's myself, Justin, and Billy. Justin's our, our kind of developer lead uh, guru hotshot, and he started plugging away on this thing in the evening time. It was kind of just, it started off as a side project, and it uh, blossomed and grew, and this was a little over a year and a half ago, I think, that he started working on it, and, and uh, yeah, it's been a really cool process from that point to now where it's, you know, where it's a significant part of our business. Yeah. So when did you officially launch? It was in April last year. So we, yeah, we just celebrated our first birthday, I think on, it was April 2nd. Cool. Yeah. You've said it's, it's changed a lot how you do business, but you still do projects, design and development. Is that right? Yep. Yeah, we do. I mean, we, we've been fortunate enough now to be a lot more kind of selective with the client work we take on just because we've been splitting our time between our agency business and Beaver Builder and there just you know isn't enough time to take it all on anymore. But we still do client work. We still build websites and, uh, so going forward, do you plan to continue doing both or, you know, move more to products? Uh, you know, sure. Time? We're still kind of figuring that out, to be honest. I think we'd all kind of love the idea of, of just focusing on product, but there's a lot of things that are kind of keeping us in the agency space as well. I mean, one of the big ones is I came on with, uh, so our agency name is Fastline Media, and that's kind of like the parent company of Beaver Builder. And I came on to the Fastline Media team about two and a half years ago. And Justin and Billy had been doing it, I think it's been about five years that they've been running Fastline Media. So we've got a pretty significant client base. And you know, one of the reasons we, we haven't just fully jumped on like the Beaver Builder ship and sailed away is we have all these old clients that come back to us that we, yep. you know, relationships we've developed. These are, you know, people and businesses that we know and, and kind of we care about and, and we don't want to just leave them stranded. So if nothing else, you know, we might get to a point where we're not taking on new projects, but I don't think it's going to be any time soon that we just completely abandon the, the client side of our business. Yeah, I feel the same way. I mean, I'm not nearly to the point where I can move completely over to products, but, you know, it is a goal to slowly move in that direction. And, you know, a lot of the clients that I have, I like them and I want to continue working with them. And it's, it makes sense. It's still profitable for me to do it. Um, yeah. And it's, you know, obviously it would be, uh, you know, tough on them to have to find somebody new. Exactly. So once you've invested a lot of time into building these client relationships and especially doing continued work for the same clients, 
you know, it's, it's tough to, I think ever, you know, walk away from that turning away new business, I think is, it's the first step and it's a little bit easier. And I'm looking forward to that because I, a lot of the client prospecting is is probably one of the the parts about the job that I hate the most doing work for for clients that I've done work for and they they know my work they know how long it takes for things to get done and for you know what I charge and you know if they're still clients they're pretty happy so if they're happy I'm happy <laughs> yeah totally totally I, I personally I, I like doing client work as well I guess this applies more to new projects than the kind of update or upkeep and, and maintenance stuff. But I really like, you know, like the, the whole web design business is so much fun because you get to meet, you know, you meet people. You're usually working on new projects. At least our at Fastline Media, you know, most of our client projects are, you know, small to medium sized websites for small to medium sized businesses. So, you know, we usually will spend anywhere from like a month to six months working on a website, and then. And then uh, you get to do something new, like uh, you get to learn about all these new businesses and meet all these new people. There's always a fresh set of tasks and a you know kind of new opportunity to to learn about you know whatever it is you're working on. And I like that it keeps things interesting for me. Yeah, I, I mean, I feel like you know whatever I do, I feel like I need to keep learning, keep building <laughs> new things. If I'm not building new client websites and I'm building new products, then you know that would be fun as well. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So you mentioned earlier, and um, I was curious that we were chatting a little bit before we started recording. But you're moving out to to Portland. You said what what, what inspired the the move? What brings you to the West Coast? Yeah. So as some of our listeners may know, I'm pretty location independent. I spent a while out in in Asia mostly. That's where I met David on the road, and you know I've crossed paths with him in a whole bunch of different cities out there. Originally, I'm I'm from the states and from New Jersey. I never really liked it living here, <laughs> you know, mostly the weather. I decided after spending, you know, most of the last three years abroad to come back, live in my home country for a while. And Portland just seems like a cool place. Good for, you know, it's a, a clean city, healthier atmosphere and, you know, more laid back and I think good for creatives. So yeah. From what I gathered and how much I liked it when I visited last year, I figured that would be a good spot, at least for now, to try it out. Oh, that sounds great. I'm a little jealous. I've kind of been daydreaming for the last year or so of, of doing something similar. And kind of, I, I grew up here. I'm from the from the Bay Area. We're based out of Campbell, and I was born and raised here. And I've I've kind of had this itch to do like kind of the nomad gypsy mm, thing yeah. and and pick up. And in Portland, it was actually I have some friends in Portland and. And Austin, those are the two that I'd love to yeah, do kind of like yeah. a short-term stint and maybe spend, you know, six months to a year and pick up. Which, and I might, yeah. I might very well do it. I, <laughs> I was actually talking with, uh, with Justin and Billy about it. It comes up kind of often. But, so we have an office in Campbell, and we all live close by. But we, you know, we all seem to kind of – we have the opportunity to, to set our own hours and, and work from home or work remotely. But I think all of us kind of thrive on having that fixed schedule. So we all usually get into the office at the same time in the morning and leave at the same time in the afternoon. And that structure, I think, works well. But I am curious to see if I could to pull off the whole kind of remote remote working lifestyle. Yeah, I think you've got an established team. And there's plenty of, of businesses that, that have done that from the start. But I think it's it's actually tougher, especially if or you haven't worked with the other people in person in the beginning. I would imagine it's hmm. yeah for the business it shouldn't be 
difficult. It, it would just be kind of getting used to a little shift in mindset. If you were in, say, Portland or if you were in Austin, you're in the same time zone or, or similar. So that won't be too much of an issue. If you went to, say, Europe or to Asia, that's when it starts getting a bit more challenging to have the, the real-time communication. That's a good point. As a friend of mine, before he, he was a client, but a good friend of mine that I grew up with is one of our kind of ongoing clients through Fastline, and he moved out to Europe, to London specifically. Mm. It was earlier, I guess it was last year now, but yeah, we, it's funny, we'll like catch each other. In the, like when I come in in the morning, he's kind of settling in for the evening, and we'll, we'll sometimes catch each other and have like a quick G chat. But, but you know, we used to kind of always be you know up on the phone, or we'd be doing G chat all throughout the day. And now it's like this little short window that I'll either catch him and we can talk, or or I won't. He's gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Actually, that was one of the reasons why I came back because most of my clients are from the U.S. and and live in the U.S. Being in Asia, you know, roughly. 12 hours time difference meant that if I wanted to do a call with them, either it would have to be at night, which is inconvenient their time, or if I was to do it in the morning, their time would be, you know, relatively early nine, nine or 10 AM, but it would yeah. be nine or 10 PM for me. And I'm more of a morning person and I just had to get used to staying up later to do work, which I don't think was ideal for me <laughs> and sure. my productivity. Yeah, I'm, I'm a morning person as well. That's <laughs> that reminds me we have a we have a fantasy baseball league. A little bit off topic here, but one of the guys that's in the leagues is a friend of kind of the whole group. But he lives in in Korea, and we just did our live draft a couple of weeks ago, where we all like get together and draft our players, and and uh, we did a Skype call or a FaceTime call with him, and you know I think it was you know, three o'clock in the morning. He had to get up to to catch the live draft, and he's all groggy and. <laughs> discombobulated yeah. but yeah it is it's tough it's tough dealing with those time changes yeah so changing topics a little bit are you you guys involved with the uh the local community uh you know with wordpress specifically or or otherwise in all honesty we'd like to do more on that front we did do a WordCamp san francisco this yep. year and we had a blast doing yep. that that was really fun yeah so that's right in your backyard that's right. Yeah, it was up in San Francisco, which is about 30 or 40 minutes away. So we drove up there and, and it was really fun. We got to, you know, we got to meet a bunch of people that we've been, you know, reading about or reading their work and familiar with their work. And the sessions were all great. I got an awesome WordPress hoodie that I wore all winter, wore it to death. <laughs> <laughs> and then actually, it was the same time that the Giants, our, our San Francisco Giants, were in the World Series. So that was pretty cool. We're all baseball fans. I, Personally, I'm an A's fan, but but I like the Giants. And Justin and Billy are really diehard Giants fans. After the sessions, we'd kind of sneak out a little early and, and go walk by the stadium, and then kind of <laughs> got to you know join in in the party that was that was San Francisco that whole time they were in the in the series. <laughs> cool. Yeah, I still haven't been out to uh, WordCamp San Francisco, but maybe the next one or, or next year. That's the big one in the U.S. Yeah, and interestingly, they, I think it was, Matt, it was Matt that mentioned that they'd outgrown the conference center that they'd been using for the last you know, several years, and that he was, he basically alluded that they're going to make a, it's going to be like a WordCamp, like the main WordCamp, like WordCamp US, and they were going to move yeah. to a bigger space, and it was going to kind of be like the, the big de facto, uh, instead of it being like a localized WordCamp, you know, San Francisco or WordCamp, Fort Lauderdale, WordCamp, uh, Miami, whatever. It's going to be just WordCamp. Or wait, no, I'm sorry. Am I, am I, 
No, yeah, it, it was yeah. WordCamp. I thought I was I thought I was screwing up the name there. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, sorry to just to loop back to your original question. We've been kind of keeping our eye on other uh, kind of local events and you know real face to face events. We've been meaning like we we want to start getting more into to doing like the WordPress meetups and and kind of being part of the local community. It's something we're kind of actively looking at and, and thinking about, but we haven't really pulled the trigger on yet. That's been one of the really cool, like we've all, we've been using WordPress for years and years for our client work and, you know, personal projects and all that. And getting into the product space has really kind of allowed us and, and been the catalyst for us to start, you know, tuning into the WordPress community. And we were always WordPress users, but now we, we really feel like we've kind of jumped into the community and the space and, you know, gotten to know some of the people and made relationships in the WordPress community. And, and everyone, uh, it's been a good thing overall. Like we really like being part of that and getting to know the people involved and, and kind of understanding the forces that come together to, to do this thing that is WordPress. Yeah, I feel the same way. I, I think that the community has grown so much, uh, you know, especially in the last couple of years, I feel like it's it's really accelerated. I've spoken at a couple of WordCamps myself and, you know, attended a bunch and as well as uh, some local WordPress meetups, which I think are also really great for networking. Yeah. I think it's, it's kind of easy uh, for people in our industry to not really go out and network and, you know, just kind of stay at home or in the office, you know, behind the computer. Sure. And you'd be, for some of our listeners out there who haven't, you know, been to any of these, these WordPress meetups or, or WordCamps, you know, you can go to meetup.com and look to see if there's any WordPress related meetups near you or uh, central.wordcamp.org. You can find the WordCamp schedule and uh, the WordCamps are usually very inexpensive. I believe it's something like a maximum of $40 per day to attend and they usually give you, uh, you know, some free stuff like maybe a lunch or some swag. Stickers. And, yeah, stickers, <laughs> buttons, <laughs> worth, it. worth the $40 right there for the stack of stickers I took home. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, I mean, I, I find it great. You know, I, you get to, to meet some interesting people and depending on what your industry is, it may turn into some new business. Yeah, yeah. they're uh, invaluable when it comes to networking and, and having that that kind of face-to-face connection with someone, you know, you can, you know, read or comment on their blog or, you know, some people get into little like Twitter banters here and there, but that really is, it's like second to nothing when, when you get to meet someone face-to-face and have a real conversation with them. Another thing I find is even though I've been, uh, you know, doing this for a long time, building WordPress sites, oftentimes I, I still find myself always learning something new at one of these meetups, you know, somebody will mention a new plugin or, your different technique or something like that. And just kind of gets the gears going where, uh, you know, you may not come across these things, uh, just on your own. Absolutely. Yeah. They're, they're very inspirational getting to go and, you know, a lot of the talks aren't particularly technical, but you know, it's not like you're sitting there kind of looking at code samples and, and getting deep into any particular, whether it's like a tool or a browser library or plugin or something like that. But they at least I found the talks inspired me to go and, you know, they bring up all these ideas and new ways to look at problems and think about things. And then, you know, I wanted, I was itching to get home and like play with all this stuff that I, I was kind of hearing about and learning about. Yeah. You know, I found so many uh, new things and, you know, over time, I guess my approach is the value I get out of uh, conferences and meetups has changed a bit. When I first started going, it 
I was uh, a, a beginner, you know, and, you know, soaking up a lot of how-to knowledge. And then later on, it was, you know, more an intermediate and then, a, I guess, an expert uh, perspective, getting to know other people and learning some new techniques, some of these advanced topics that are way over my head, especially in terms of development and some of the technical stuff, because there there really is no way to to know everything about everything. Sure. <laughs> yeah, it'd be nice, right? But yeah. <laughs> or maybe maybe it wouldn't actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I forget exactly when it was. It was a couple months ago, but there was WordCamp Paris and someone did a talk on page builders actually. And we were super grateful that they did a kind of a rundown of all the page builders out there and, and Beaver Builder came up kind of on the top of the list as the the best page builder at WordCamp Paris. And there was this like storm of activity on Twitter about Beaver Builder, but it was all in French. So we were like, <laughs> luckily my dad yeah. is is fluent in French. So I was shooting my dad emails all day, like, Dad, I need help. Like, can you translate this for me? Like, I need to say thank you to this person. Like yeah. going back and forth between TweetDeck and Google Translate, trying to figure out what was going on. Like we knew it was good, but <laughs> we didn't know what, <laughs> what anything meant. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Especially, uh, you know, as a surprise, <laughs> yeah, getting mentioned like that. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. I've been uh, managing, doing a lot of the work managing our, our Twitter account and, and our social media accounts for Beaver Builder. And, and I got into Twitter, you know, years ago when it was kind of new and hot and had a little bit of fun. Like there was some like hashtag chats that I followed and it was kind of cool. I always liked like if I was watching a sporting event or watching a show on TV, like checking the hashtag chat and kind of seeing that real time conversation about you know whatever it was that was going on in the world that I was doing. I kind of quickly fell off the Twitter bandwagon and, and didn't really look at it for a few years until recently. But it's really guys, it really is fun. It's fun like just the, the the way that you know conversations can kind of spontaneously start up like that and and that you can really reach out and connect with people that that you know, be them like celebrities in the WordPress world or the you know Hollywood or there, there's these big names that they you know they follow their Twitter and you can actually connect some of these people that you otherwise would you know have a really hard time doing that with. Yeah, I am guilty myself of not uh, utilizing Twitter very well. I think, at least for me, it's easy to just kind of, you know, not check it and then forget about it for a while. But, you know, sometimes it's a good thing. <laughs> That's true. No, it is definitely, it can be a bit of a, a bit of a time sink. I know it was, I guess it was yesterday or the day before, but I'm sure you heard the the announcement that Automatic acquired Woo. Woo. Themes, yep. Yeah, Woo themes. So I was having a blast, kind of watching all the watching all the Twitter banter going on about that particular event, and I'm yeah. sure I didn't get quite as much done that day that that I would have <laughs> otherwise. <laughs> yeah, I was actually uh, just talking about this with uh, someone in my mastermind group, and oh. it's interesting. Uh, there's all sorts of implications, and I guess just a lot of people just wondering what is this going to mean, you know, for WordPress? Um, totally. I think it's going to be good, you know, but it's it could change things, especially, uh, you know, with wordpress.com, uh, I feel like is going to go in a, in a different direction. And, you know, my feeling is they're trying to compete more directly with, uh, platforms like Shopify and Squarespace, especially WooCommerce being, uh, the main, e-commerce platform on WordPress. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is really interesting. And it, it's so early and it, I don't think anyone really knows what like Matt Mullenweg's plans are, or Automatic's plans are with uh, WooCommerce, but everyone's got a guess. And 
And that's a, yeah, that's a great guess. I mean, that's kind of like the obvious thought is that they're going to try and take on the you know the Shopify e-commerce space. It should be really interesting. I yeah, I, like I was reading a lot of the commentary and kind of keeping an eye on things, and, and uh, I don't know what to make of it. You know, it's <laughs> I don't think it's a bad thing. But it's it's just interesting. Like I'm curious to see how that progresses and what that looks like. And we, we actually kind of looked up from our computer you know we read about that announcement we we're all kind of like keeping an eye on on what people were saying and then we we're like oh wait you know we actually use woocommerce for our e-commerce system so we were kind of like oh man this yeah. this might actually affect us uh directly you know like we hope uh woo themes being under the umbrella of automatic is going to be a good thing for people that are using woocommerce yeah. at least i hope so having the the resources available our fingers are definitely crossed yeah my hope is that automatic knows so many people are using WooCommerce that they're probably not going to do something to piss everybody off, <laughs> you know, sure. like, you know, stop developing the plugin or anything like that. My hope is that if anything, having even more expertise should make the code quality better. It's tough to say, but uh, I mean, I, I definitely don't see any kind of downside uh, coming to mind, uh, at least from, from my end. Yeah, yeah, same here. And along with the code quality too, just the overall user experience of the product. Like WooCommerce is, it's amazing and it's powerful, but it is kind of a, it's a beast of a tool. And it's got a really steep learning curve that we've been kind of wrestling with the whole time that we've been using it. Um, Yeah, yeah, same here. I I feel like it's gotten better, but but still it's, it's also getting a lot bigger and, you know, the extensions are they have everything you can think of. You just have yeah. to find it and figure out how to use it. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And, and kind of cross your fingers that it, it plays well with, you know, the other with extensions everything else, you're using yeah. and that they don't release an update that's going to like force you to redo all your, your custom theme files. <laughs> <Arg>. <laughs> yeah. We had a couple of those Oof. recently. So you use WooCommerce for your own site, you said, you know, for selling yeah. the product. Yep. Yeah, we do. We did some research. We I think we experimented with easy digital downloads and WooCommerce, and I think WooCommerce. I forget the details of why we landed on WooCommerce, but at the end of the, I think it, yeah, just it had the the functionality we needed for the because we you know we along with like a lot of other premium plugins, we kind of have the the year long year and up excuse me support and update model where. You purchase the you know package, and you get access to the code, and then you also get access to uh, a year of updates and support. And then yeah, that that whole process of like you know keeping the subscription up for a year, and then having renewals come in, and, and there's a lot of moving pieces to that system. And, yeah. and WooCommerce just did it all with a little bit of finagling, but <laughs> there always is some of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cool. So you know we're about out of time, but. Do you want to tell everyone where you know where they can reach you and your website and everything? So yeah, we're, I'm Robbie from Beaver Builder, and you can learn more about Beaver Builder on our website. It is wpbeaverbuilder.com, and then like we were mentioned earlier, over on Twitter and, and Facebook as well. Um, if you want to come stop by and say hello on any of those platforms, we'd love to hear from you. Great. So thanks for uh, being on the show, and thanks for making a, an awesome product. That I use myself. Oh, that's nice. You know, likewise, thanks so much for having me. And, and yeah, we'll have to keep in touch because I'm really curious to hear how uh, your experience goes working with Beaver Builder. That's great. Yeah. Thanks for listening. 
You can go to wpcast.fm to read the show notes and listen to all of our episodes. While you're there, subscribe to our email list where we share our experiences building WordPress products and productized services. We'll never spam you and only email you once or twice a month. <laughs>